then. Welcome to our first episode of Cozy Convos. Uh, I'm joined today with four lovely friends. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Alvin. KK. Nox. All right, guys, welcome. Hope you're all doing well. So I invited you today to talk about um, four specific topics that I feel uh, I and KK uh feel like these topics are what's inflicting a lot of people in our generation today. So <clears throat> first topic is child discipline. Now, I feel like we've all gone through that. It beat uh, our parents' discipline in us or our school through our teachers. Right. And uh, I, for one, was never really beaten that bad as a kid. But I remember once, I think I, think I broke a window or a vase, one of the two, just a normal thing. Uh, just running around, just doing dumb things, and my dad beat me with a bamboo stick, and that was. <laughs> Where did he find the bamboo stick? Bamboo outside of our house. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I used to pick that one, and oh, actually, this reminds me of another time when I was in school and I got my first detention. Mm-hmm. He literally called me and he said, "When you come home, get ready." <laughs> oh, serious beating. So I literally stayed late in school. I didn't want to come home. I was like, I don't play sports. So that day, I was in the field, you know, doing all the footballs, all the basketball, everything. So I came home. Luckily, he had gone for a meeting in the evening. He had even put like a whip on my bed. He says, I was going to use that. He just lucky I was called away. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's the discipline we have in Africa. And um, to me, I don't know if it works because, to be honest, the times where I try and do something bad, and I'll have a flashback of me being beaten, and I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> let me not try and do this." <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have the same experiences or what your ideas or ideologies are. On. So Alvin, would you like to begin? Well, I think the whole the whole point of uh, child discipline is tagged on basically in Africa, as Africans, it's always tagged on academic achievement or just your basic well-being. Right. So if you're screwing around, you'll get beaten. If you're failing in class, you'll get beaten. So I I feel there's always another way. But ben, basically what's being used in Africa is your scanning and uh, different terms of, uh, di- different types of, uh, I don't know, killing methods, you know. Like Africa, they just, yeah, methods. yeah, discipline methods, yeah. What do you think, KK? I think the misconception is there's a difference between discipline and punishment. Beating is punishment. Discipline is being told, you know, like consequences yeah. of what you do. So your parents can tell you, if you yeah. do this, like the whole uh, theory of when you're told as a kid, don't touch this thing, it's hot. Yeah. Because you'll get burnt. That's discipline. Punishment is being beaten. That's where we get it wrong. But with that said, me personally, I don't really think I was beaten. Okay, I was an only child, so <laughs> I think my 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 mom was soft on me. But with that said, um, she would attempt to beat me. But I've had conversations with her where she told me she had to stop beating me. So this is my argument with a lot of people. I started to get violent tendencies. Like, my mom would see me beating dolls. Like, you know, now you've gotten so accustomed to being punished like that. Yeah. Your mm-hmm. mindset changes exactly. to, okay, so you beat me, what's next? So then you start to do it to other people. And I started, like, thinking of, oh, what could I do to this kid? So that's my argument with a lot of people. How do your children react to the beating? Yeah. If your parents are not 
willing to notice that they're changing the way their child is because of beating. Because we even had this conversation the other day, Bash, where we were talking about how beating is shaming someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is the basis of beating a child. You're actually making them embarrassed of what they've done, so they stop. Instead of telling them, hey, you know, you did something wrong here, so stop doing it because this could be the consequences. The issue with Africans is we just beat to beat. We d- we're not given a reason to why we're being beaten. And if you ask right. for a reason, you still hey. get beat. <laughs> yeah. I used to be told you're crying and yeah. then I'm beaten hey. again. Yeah. I ask, why are you beating me? I'm beaten yeah. again. There was no space for actual reasoning. With that said, how do you reason with a small child who doesn't fully understand right from wrong? So, um, <laughs> this is my thing. Um, I'm for it and I'm against it based on the fact that I think there's a time for everything. Mm-hmm. And when a child is young, of course, even if you think about it where you are in life, if you think about when you were in high school, mm-hmm. you're like, what was I thinking? Because the capacity of what you are doing and how you've grown, you've become wiser because of the experiences that you've gone through. But like you see, when a child is born, they're born tabula rasa, which means they know nothing. So they cannot like tell right from wrong so simple acts like don't do that like that tender slap is like okay so it's muscle memory it's telling them that's wrong so in the subconscious they know it's wrong yeah but with that said i think when they grow older it has to shift because the masses become more complex it's not don't touch this you'll get burnt it's you need to think about the company that you keep because it's going to affect you but for us to have such kind of conversations it means when the child makes a mistake instead of beating them explain their logic and see why they arrived at that decision because when you speak to them that way then they'll think it through and perhaps even them in their thought process they'll open their mind and be like okay so i see why it's wrong i think that's like to support kk's point of to be honest Children will never know what's wrong or right if you don't have that conversation with them. True, I feel like I can understand you in the sense that uh, most parents today don't have the time or the patience to try and explain to their child why what they're doing is wrong. They'd rather go straight to the beating so the kid can learn through physical harm. And as what Kiki was saying, when we're talking about the shame, it actually leaves a trauma on the child because you'll be at home thinking like whenever you do something bad, you'll be traumatized to the fact that you're like, I can't do that anymore because I'll be beaten. But you're a grown man. Clearly, you know yeah. that this is wrong, but you don't know it's wrong because of this and that. You know it's wrong because you're beaten for it. Yeah. 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 So that's the issue that I feel with this discipline, um, um, physical discipline upon children, like it should change. There's a way you should be able to talk to your child and like explain to them simply uh, what, what you're doing is wrong and this is why it's wrong. And there's a way you should be able to explain it that they're um, immature like mentality can understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't mean immature in the sense of they have no maturity, but I mean one who hasn't like grown yet. Yeah. A child basically. Right. So I feel like it's something you should be able to catch early. Because a kid will imitate what you're doing. So For if sure. you're doing wrong, they'll also do wrong because they'll definitely. be like they may not know that they're imitating, but they're like, if my father is doing this or if my mother's doing this, then it's okay. I should be able to do that. So at home you should also have um a sense of like trying to portray the type of person your child want, you want a child to be. Mm-hmm. So you be that person for your child, basically. If you want a child to be a good person, be a good person. Yeah, you lead by example. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. But don't you think our 
our generation compared to our parents, we were babied more. Most definitely. On the bad, yeah. but like if you look at it, what's going to happen to our kids? Because if we were babied, you want to give your kid more than what you received. That's generally what it is. Yeah. And if you look at our parents, a lot of them didn't really beat us the way they were beaten because of how they were treated right. as kids. Yeah. We're talking about trauma. Yeah. And then you look at now us guys who got a slight beating, but have you ever seen a kid and thought this kid needs to be beaten? That's oh, very true. Oh, very true. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you're so just much. like, oh my God, if this was my child, I would, I would roll you. Roll <laughs> completely, you. Completely. But you see, we say that because those are not our kids. Fair enough. True, true, very true. And I, I always have this conversation with my parents where they're like, there's no book to parenting. Yeah. So we could say beating is bad, but there are some kids because like, my friend's brother, this is ridiculous, but my friend's brother went to a psychiatrist because he's dyslexic. He yeah. has certain tendencies. He throws serious tantrums. You know those kids who are just like, it's over, I'm burning this house down. That's the type of child they have and he's five. And the psychiatrist said he has psychopath tendencies. What? Five. How? So the thing is, when you sit with these kids and you look at how they can manipulate you, Yes. You can see the traits that would lead to that. Okay. So imagine you being told as a parent, uh, you know, your kid, and you're black. Then they're white. This whole conversation was had with white people. And the mom was like, I don't know what my reaction should be to this because how do you deal with a child like that? Now, black people, realistically, a kid throws a tantrum. You will beat him until he's running under the bed with a diagnosis. So that's why I always say, the issue also with punishment is the trauma you have faced could lead to your child behaving a certain way. For sure. If this kid is throwing tantrums when the house help is there, and then when you come, they're afraid, that tells you there's something wrong with your parenting. But then again, there's perspective, Yeah. right? Because some people are psychopaths, so they will have children with psychopathic tendencies. And so they will be more inclined to be that way. Yeah. But I think... Um, when it comes to, it's a sticky situation because as he said, you have to lead by example in your household. Mm -hmm. So even when you have a problematic child, I think what Bash was insisting on was that you have to spend time with them. So in our generation, because of facing the whole mental awareness and struggles that we've had in our generation, I think it will make us more aware and more alert that we have to open up our children and our lines of communication with our children Mm -hmm. for them not to have that kind of trauma from when they're young. Makes sense. But I feel, okay, uh, it's it's quite difficult to explain to a four-year-old or three-year-old what's right and what's wrong yeah and the consequences of the decisions yes, yes. or uh, or how they act the consequences of how they act yeah um by crying because maybe the kid wants water or, i mean uh sugar mm. sugary, treats. sugary treats you know should probably explain further that no we shouldn't eat sugar before a meal right. the kid won't understand yeah mm. yeah so beyond discipline i feel also, age has a has a factor in it. I agree. Yeah. It does. It However, sorry, um, it's also on the household because I have cousins 
who in their house there's no sugar. There's no sugary treats. Mm. There's nothing like that. So if they want sugary treats, the mom will give them like once in a while. But she'll never bring a whole box of treats to the house. Then she's also enjoying them in front of the kids. And the kids are going to link up to that and be like, oh, I also want sugary treats. Mm. But if you keep your household where it's just healthy foods, then you could grow up wanting to eat only healthy foods. So kids are sponges. And from the minute they're baby, they will see these things. You won't think much of it. Because you're thinking, this is a toddler. Mm. I can just do whatever in front of it. The kid won't realize this thing. But those are the first things that are in, like, what's the word? Um, imprinting into their memory. Mm. Is when like, you're since you're a kid, like, you'll see your parents do this or that. Then you'll grow up with those tendencies. Yeah. So it depends yeah. on how you want to raise your kid. You have to be, be able to bring them to a house that, like, you feel will be adequate to raise this kid. In, you know? I agree. And to add to that, as I said, kids are tabula rasa. You've seen how, like, there's this amazing violinist who had started at three a violin is such a complex um instrument to learn but because they have that capacity they don't know yet and as Bash is saying what you give them and the environment that you set for them they'll be able to adapt because at the end of the day children are adults growing you you know they're about to become that so you are a product of all the choices and all the influences that you've gone through in your life and that's why we're talking about trauma that sometimes when you sit down and you reflect yeah. on how you were beaten and it scarred you and then you come and realize if you actually just reasoned it out, it's not as big a deal as it is being portrayed. True, true. And um, with that, I'd like to lead to the second topic, which has to do with schooling in Kenya. Now, um, there's something called corporate discipline. And so, sorry, corporal discipline. And the inflicted in schools, in public schools, where the teachers have, have the right to actually beat these children. So my issue is, firstly, this is not their child. So how can you let someone else know when and how to beat your own child? So I don't know. What do you feel about a corporal punishment in schools? Uh, and basically uh, schooling in general in Kenya, yeah, how it's for, done. For, yeah, for, for, for me personally, uh, I, started off at, I started off with the 844 system, yeah? Uh, eight years in primary, uh, and I, I, basically, uh, what I was going through with the pun, the beatings and everything, I didn't quite like it. Yeah, I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing well in school, and I feel people are different. Yeah, you can't learn in a environment where every day is a beating. Yeah, yeah. So once I changed and went to the IGCSE system, things were quite different. Regardless of how you're performing in school, there's a way of, uh, like, I wouldn't necessarily say they use, they use pain as a way of improving your grades, but there's, there's a kind of motivation in, uh, in it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's complicated, yeah. Um, okay, so i never been to it before. Um most of my life, or rather all of it, in terms of school, yeah. I was in IGC. Now, uh, with that said, to me, I feel like the 844 system, the beating also comes from the fact that the system is put in place to teach you how to cram. If you look at 844 and IGC, IGC teaches you to reason. Yeah. That's why we already talk about discipline and talking to your children about what they're doing wrong. Though with that said, a lot of people were still beaten at home in IGC. We had friends <laughs> who would break a window that boy comes to school with a black eye. Okay? This is IGC. 
Now the issue becomes, even in IGC, even though they don't beat you, they somehow like mentally manipulate you. They'll do certain things in the system where they'll be like, oh, like for instance, me, I did call and I'm not going to lie, call was lit. But by the time I was choosing to do call, we had already been made to feel like we were inadequate. So you see what I'm saying? There's beating and then there's manipulation. So we come to class and the teacher is not even concerned with us and exams are coming. So the issue is not, that's why I'm saying discipline and punishment, yeah, they're two different things, but there's a way to do it. You know, you can tell us, okay, you guys have chosen this. This is the reasons why you've chosen this. Okay, these are the consequences. For instance, you'll only get a C and that's it. But you can imagine sitting in a class. Now you guys have been divided. The guys doing extended sit on this side and the guys doing course sit on this side and we're ignored the whole time. The issue is I think we're placing too much on the education system instead of the people teaching. For instance, when you hear a kid in 844 was beaten mercilessly, that's not the system. That's the people you employed into the system. So this is why we're talking about it being a traumatic experience to be beaten. When you look at it realistically, when you're telling someone, okay, I'm going to give you 15 lashes, what does this person gain from the 15 lashes? Yeah, okay, I understand I did something wrong, but instead of telling me you did something wrong, I've beaten... I'm not saying beating is the right way to do it, but it builds also certain tendencies. You find sometimes these people then go and start bringing these things into their relationships. Yeah. Friendships. Even you've seen people in the club, just one minute they're okay, the next they're not. You might not know where it stems from. These are things you learn after listening to people telling you, oh, you know, I was bad in school. I was expelled from 10 schools. We were being beaten. So it starts to become ingrained that it's okay to beat someone. And that's a problem by itself. The issue with corporal punishment, even in 844, is that you don't know what happens after they leave. Because you've already traumatized someone. And you know the problem with Africans is we don't talk about our problems. So yeah, okay, you didn't pass an IGC. Great. The difference is we will still have opportunities. When you look at 844, you're made feel so bad. This is the issue with the system. You can get a C plus and your parents will not tell anybody what you got in like your finals. Ask guys, that's nobody's business except you and your parents because they're the ones who paid. It for four somehow designed to embarrass. Sure, the fact that even results are put publicly. Yeah, what is that? How do, how does the last person gain anything from everybody laughing at them instead of you guys saying, okay, you are the last. Let's find a way to get you from that position to another one. We're not saying you'll be number one, but beating me shaming me how does that assist me as an individual so the system is flawed in a way that you're embarrassing and shaming students to force them to excel and not everybody is designed like that some people are more inclined to the arts but the system does not accommodate the arts you know there are so many other outlets that igc allows you to take that 844 doesn't and it's not the student's fault that they're not inclined to maths and physics and all these other things. It's really not fair. I don't think it's set up the right way. I think, um, just to add on your point, but the point that you made was that 
we put more emphasis on the education system as opposed to those who are going to deliver the education itself. Mm -hmm. So you see that in our country, especially, how many times are we seeing Nazis fighting with Mac or yeah. they're just there's just something going on with our teachers. We forget that our teachers, right, need to be empowered and treated with the respect that they need because they shape generations. That's right? True. Whichever Traumatized, emotional, physical, self-esteem, confidence. This is in the hands of parents and teachers. And in formative years of students, I believe it's very crucial to make sure that as an individual, especially when you carry out um, such a service like teaching, that you know you're really down for imparting knowledge, but not just formal knowledge, but equally life skills because you've gone through life you know mm. like we have lecturers who sometimes in the middle of lectures they have five minutes to speak about like their experience and how they got here and somehow you say it plays with your with your subconscious because in the time that we're living with all this social media and all of this um facades and things to mask our real selves you'll see many people think that they're struggling by themselves with things that many generations have come conquered and kept on pushing you know what i mean but it becomes difficult to reach out to each other and recently actually just this week i was watching ellen and she you know how she surprises people so yeah. she surprised this um teacher called michael bonner a british teacher and he was so fantastic so he says um i realized i needed new methods to help the kids so i turned to music and dance so basically what he does is he teaches like his class through rapping and he's like a proper rapper and i found that so noble because i'm like even to his children because he came with his family mm. as in for them to go to bed you know how you read a bedtime story he raps to them so in my head i was like this is how we should look at education. Education is the key to solving so many things, and we've seen it's the inventions and whatever. But education is not strictly math, English. It's so wide. And I think if we start the culture, which is what you're talking about, IGCC, because I was in 844 and IGCC, you'd see that in IGCC, it gives you a wider range to just throw it in. And that's what education should be, that we foster the thirst of knowledge as opposed to putting boxes and labels to things and shortening it and making it seem like this is the only thing that you could do. True. I'm actually glad that you said that because um, when you think about it, like with work and everything, how systems always change. Yeah. But mm -hmm. with schooling, it's been standard from the day one yeah. schooling started to yeah. now. It's never changed. Right. It's always going to go through these grades. You're going to be examined. And if you don't pass the exam, you don't move on. Yeah. But that doesn't make sense that why should I... Uh, why should my life be based off this exam? Like, why should my progress in life be based off the fact that I didn't cram all of this and yeah. put it onto the exam and pass? Mm. So when you're going into work, you're asked a lot about, um, so what are your experiences? And then all you have on your CV is just basically um, courses that you've done. Yeah. There's no experience yeah. in those courses. It's just basically words. You've just been told, this is the theory of this. You've learned it. Now go into the real world. And then in the real world, they're going to ask you for experiences. So I feel as our schooling systems, not just with IG or 844, even with our universities in Kenya, we don't really um, try and get these students to have experiences that they need to have. So what they'll normally do is like they'll give you like a work experience, but they won't be there to help you now get into jobs 
where actually your course can be truly um, applied. So they'll let you just fend off for yourself, come back, do your industrial attachment, and to them, that's it. You've done your experience and that's good enough. But in the real world, it's not. You've just done three months. You haven't really learned any experience in anything. So I feel like our system should be changed in the sense that they should allow kids to experience things. And like the fields that they should be able to experience are fields that can be applied within the country themselves. So you can't have a university that offers you a mass amount of courses, and yet 80% of those courses can be applied in the country itself. So what's the point? You're going to have a majority of people unemployed with degrees. So I think it was the same, I can't remember who said it, that the fact in Africa, the only time your degree is important is when you don't have it. The minute you get it, it's irrelevant. We've all seen those memes on like social media where it says, I have a degree and people are like, wow, that's great. (laughs) You see, that's the problem. And I I can agree with you because me, I've studied abroad. Um, And they tell you there's an 80% chance of you getting a job once you finish. The reason being because the first year you, you're in school, yeah? The second year you only come to school once. The whole year you're working. So we work, like for me who did culinary arts, we worked at five different establishments. By the time you're leaving, you're assured a job because those are five different places. The only issue then becomes is, as you're saying, when you come back to Kenya, it's your expectations will always be unrealistic. I came back to Kenya from work, uh, working in SA, studying in SA, came here. The first job I got, you know what my dad asked me? Why would you take something that was less than your internship salary? Because you have to get your foot in the door. The issue with Kenya is the lack of jobs is a big problem. We all have degrees, great. You have a diploma. People tell you even a certificate is great. But if Kenyans are going to apply for jobs, there was a job at Panafric where they were looking for four waiters. They got over a thousand people applying for a job. So you tell me what the problem is with the market. You can get a degree, great. But what will you do with a degree? You know, we can say, oh, entrepreneurship. Where are you going to get the funding? So this is my thing. And this is why I really admire the Asian community. They have gotten what we call succession, right? We are so detached from the higher generation or our focus generation based on the fact that just because we look instantaneous or impulsive. So instead of guiding us or mentoring us or helping us find a way, they're the ones who are taking it away. Or if not that, they'll tell you, go figure it out for yourself. You know, I, I, I was having a discussion with someone recently and we were talking about how before you finish school, like when you're in high school and everything like that, your folks will support you and everything like that. As soon as you go to university, all of a sudden, you're a grown person and you can figure it out. You know, if you are doing something different from them, they will not try and ask you, have you sought for mentorship? I, I think one thing that we're really lacking is proper mentorship and proper succession plans. There's no, okay, after me. And that is something that's equally affecting the leadership in our country because people are not, there's no after today. It's for today. And if today is not working, then we don't care about tomorrow. So you see, we're living in a society where these jobs Mm -hmm. have been filled, right? But instead of me, 
who's been there taking someone, let's say, five years younger than me and telling them, let's go this way mm-hmm. and then groom them as someone else is grooming me, then that's succession, isn't it? Yeah. But there's a disjunction and guys are just doing their own thing and we're left getting these degrees that we were told you must get a degree. Mm-hmm. Now you have to get a master's and then probably get a PhD and all these papers mean absolutely nothing. You know, or that's how it's treated. Because like um, that actually leads into our third and fourth topic, which is uh, our generation and jobs, then employment versus entrepreneurship. So with our generation and jobs, um, a lot of uh, older people will be saying that people in our generation don't want to work, but that's not true. We would love to work, but would love to work in a place where we have the opportunity to grow or the opportunity to actually apply our skills. So, when I, I did university in um, Strathmore University, uh, it's a Kenyan university, so I did IT. And for our exams, ex- um, especially our like uh, coding exams, everything was on paper. We did no exam on computers, no typing, nothing. All our exams were written. So it was all theory. All theory. And the theory that came wasn't even like based off the code. It will be based off on like, what can the code do? You know, just basic, uh, basic um, theoretical questions. Yeah. Nothing to do with actual practical coding. So now you leave, you have this lovely degree from a lovely university, then you go to job, sorry, then you go for a job interview, and then they ask you, um, are you able to use the systems? So you look at them and like, I know what the systems are, I was taught what they are, but I can't use them. So what does that leave me? So they look at me like, okay, uh, what can I do for you then? And what are you doing here then, you know, you might as well just go back home. So in this world where you can say our generation doesn't want jobs, there's a huge lack of availability for jobs for us. So where does that leave us, you know? So when we end up staying at home, you know, our parents were looked upon like lazy kids, like we don't know what we're going to do in life. We just look lost. But at the same time, we're not lost. We're actually trying to look for a place that just can't be found. And you ask for help, no one wants to help you. And if they're going to help you, then they need something back. They can't just help you for the sake of like, oh, wow, this person needs my help. Let me just help them. No. You scratch my back, I scratch your back. That's basically the world we live in right now. So I don't know how it is for you guys for right now. Uh, what do you guys think about? Maybe I can add. Okay, I'm in the aviation industry, and um, what what I actually found out is that most people actually don't have degrees. Yeah, and uh, how most people would get jobs, and this is in Kenya, mm-hmm. and everyone knows is once you have connections, you're guaranteed a job somewhere. It's nepotism. Yeah. Nepotism, tribalism, whatever it is. Yeah. The isms. Yeah. Exist in this country. And they're out there, yeah. And um, like also in Strathmore, yeah, because I also got to join um, the university, study IT, uh, just to get a degree. See what it would get me, nothing so far. <laughs> and it's exactly what's going through. Like in a class, being given slides, and you're not putting uh, what you taught into practice. So I can understand as a guy who's also in my class getting out there looking for a job, not being able to get a job because one, he has no experience, doesn't know how to use any system that's uh, in the market or in demand. It's the education system in this country is just a messed up thing. KK, you're saying about your, you're working in South Africa, by the way, how is it as compared to here? too progressive 
compared to here, I mean, when you look at it realistically, I was working in the hospitality industry and I've worked in Kenya. Um, and I say this all the time, people forget that, yeah, the hospitality industry is great, but not that many women are in big positions. Whether it be general manager, executive chef, they're always given the cute little ones, housekeeping, executive. It's You see in South Africa, for instance, right now, majority of my friends are either sous chefs or heads of departments. In Kenya, you will not find somebody in their 20s in those positions. We're all told, oh, we multitask too much. You know those misconceptions that they have, the baby boomers and the generation before them, that we are lazy for some reason. We are spoon-fed. But is it really being spoon-fed? I mean, we're all tarmacking. We all go to look for jobs. We do it, yeah, it might be on the internet, but we're making the effort. The issue is, in SA, it's hard to get a job as a foreigner. That's it. But honestly, it's easier to live there comfortably. Think about it realistically. You get a job today, starting salary is 30000 Where are you going to live? Plus 10% tax. Yeah. Where are you going to live? Another thing actually be 25% is that, of your actual salary. So yeah. And then live? you're thinking, okay, maybe I can share an apartment with my friend. Apartments in Kenya cost how much? Way too much rent, I think, especially because of where jobs are available. Housing is so far from where your job is. So if you want cheap housing, you're going to go miles and kilometers away from your house. So anything close to where the job market is, it's normally around 40,000 rent Mm -hmm. a month. Um, But anyways, bringing it back to what I was saying about the generations, the issue is, as Sylvie was saying, there's... We don't have a general mindset with the older generation. Their mindset of work is doing blue-collar jobs. That's it. Millennials would rather work in a startup because they know at least we have some form of growth. When you go into, let's say, for instance, a big organization, and you ask the people there, how long did it take it to get to where they are? They'll tell you 10, 20 years. Our issue is a lot of companies don't have staff retention. They have nothing to keep you there. You're thinking, okay, I'll stay here for 10 years and I'll become a supervisor. And then another 10 years to become a manager. And then you think, okay, I'll go to a startup. It might fail completely, but the experience I've gained there is worth going to this job where they're telling me they'll give me a pension and a loan. A pension and a loan is great, but what does it do for your mind? You know, as guys, we're more about am I good with where I'm working rather than is it paying the bills? Because I think also an issue with our generation is we're okay with living with our parents. Our parents' generation was like, okay, I've done uni, eh, now I need to find a job and leave. Because with that said, once you had a job, you were taking care of your family. We are not like that. So it becomes a problem of, okay, we don't have to take care of family, extended family, I don't know who. We don't have the same responsibilities. So when we're looking for a job, we're looking for something that will actually give us self-worth. You know, it's more of, what do I gain personally from this job? You can be told, okay, we'll give you 100000 but the job is really trash. Will you really stay at that job? But I guarantee your parents' generation would have. They would have thought a hundred thousand. How many people can I take care of with this money? Mm. 
that's very true because I find it very weird how a lot of parents would, um, when you're growing up they'll tell you oh you know I always had a idea to do this and this but they've never done it and then the minute you come up and be like oh I have an idea to do this they'll shut it down they'll be like no the only way for you is employment mm. so I always ask my mom this so who is supposed to do the entrepreneurship because if you tell me I can't do it it's impossible then how are these other guys doing it you know because if you come and tell me yo you can't use that path that's not a way for you to make it in this life so you've really closed off your mind to that, making it impossible for you to be an entrepreneur. And then now you bring that education to your kids and you start telling them, oh yeah, by the way, you can't be an entrepreneur. And what I realized about employment is once you stop being employed, there's no income to you and there's nothing you can leave for your kid. So I feel like we should encourage our kids to be, get jobs. That's true. Jobs are needed in the world, but don't be afraid to try and take the risk of putting yourself out there. You know, try and like bring up your own business and try and make it something. Right. But let me play devil's advocate for a bit. I think the that it's important to acknowledge that, yes, we are very open-minded as compared to them. And that's because we had to broaden our horizon in terms of what we can do. Also, the environment and the influence that we have is most definitely different from what they had. For example, yes, we're the generation that knows living without technology and living with technology. So we can tell that even when we didn't have and we had to be forced outside to play games and whatever, right now, that's not what it is. You, you understand? The amount of ideas we get because we have no family to feed, etc., etc., keeps us thinking about a lot of things. And that's why you'll find many people in our generation are overthinkers, which is something that you will not necessarily find in the older generation because they didn't have that time to sit down and reflect. They're paying school fees, they're paying the, not only for their children, their but their siblings, their siblings. They have to go see their parents. There's cows, there's this. There's just a lot. That to-do list was mad, right? But as I'm playing devil's advocate, my point was that because they're coming from that perspective and we have to respect that what your mind has been formed to be is like how it influences your choices. I think one thing that bothers them the most about how we can choose to rather say we'll start up no matter how hard it is or let the time can take longer to find what we're passionate about. I think to them it's just misconstrued that we don't have the grit or the perseverance but they don't understand that ours will come in the long run because of the weight, because of that tamaking. They expect us to have found this greed when, to be honest, most of us have been coddled. At least I've, I've been privileged to be blessed with a lot of things. So I didn't have to stretch far, right? But you see, because they had to be resourceful, they feel like, our resource, they don't give credit to our resources in terms of the fact that we can do it and it's still a skill. And that's why you'll see, like, you do coding as writing. It's, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense to us as we are, but to them, they feel like when you get that theory part, look at how many dogmas we have and, like, rules and in the African society, how many things you're told not to do as opposed to the things that you're told to do. You know, so I think we, by playing devil's advocate, I feel like we have to equally see that their point of view is different from our point of view because we've lived in different times. times. And that 
really influences us because best believe in a few years we will be parents yeah right and we can of course you've seen the things that people younger than us do and you're astonished you know you're like what you know so it's it's you have to balance when you're being critical of something that sometimes it's the fact that even them they didn't such beyond for example imagine if our parents said yeah i'm in this employment but i can do this side hustle and that's okay mm-hmm. you know and we've seen folks like that who've gone far because we can't say all folks are in the same line yeah. right and they're the ones who've actually built this country because mm-hmm. they dared to dream apart from the employment yeah true um i do get you i feel like it's a huge miscommunication between generations and i feel like the only way we can break it is ask us as we grow and get kids we must communicate because right. basically uh, the whole conversation we've had this um podcast is clearly broken down to miscommunication yeah. yeah and i feel if you give a chance to just talk to a kid or talk to a person and not um assume that this person is dumber than you because of their life experiences or well, certain well, lack, lack of things in their life yeah, yeah. yeah. so if we just decided to be basic humans yeah. i know which is a hard ask for everyone mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of issues would be gone especially these do you guys have any final thoughts before we end i just have one thing to mm-hmm. say our generation needs to stop thinking being an entrepreneur is an easy i concur concern. i concur absolutely it takes a lot of great yeah. discipline it's extremely hard yeah it what it is because like even with my my dad is an entrepreneur and he left a bank job a very good manager bank job to go and do his own stuff and of course his father was like that's ridiculous his dad wanted to move him to foreign affairs he refused you can see how he could have been an ambassador or head of foreign affairs and my dad said no this is what i wanted to do his dad was not okay with it but my dad always tells me anybody who chooses to be an entrepreneur must be ready to fail you know employment is very easy Need you get a salary at the end of the month <laughs> Keep I feel pushing. like that's why your parents take you to employment because it's a safe yeah. choice. Uh, what they're afraid to tell you is that if you do entrepreneurship, it's true, yeah. you will fail. Yeah. And they're trying to coddle you and save you from that yeah. failure. But I feel like you should let your child decide whether they're ready or not to suffer through that. Yeah. So I feel like if they encouraged you through your failures and let you, okay, you made this failure, it's okay, it's not the end of everything. Mm-hmm. How can we recoup yeah. and then regrow? But parents wouldn't do that. They made you fail, they'll tell you, see, did I tell you? I'll go do employment instead yeah. of trying to help you build yeah. from that. So I feel, again, if you're just honest with your kids from the beginning and tell them if this is a path you want to take, mm-hmm. then expect A, B, B, A, B, C, D, and E. Yeah. So, like, um, I think it was a friend of my cousin. Uh, he had told us that the best thing his father ever told him was that in life, there's nothing like getting expectations too high. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you get expectations and you expect A, B, C, D, E. It doesn't yeah. happen like that. You can have high expectations, just expect it not to come mm. the way you expected it. Just keep doing your best at Anything it. in God's time. True. Never be afraid to try. Keep trying your best and one day it will happen. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but it will happen. But if they do choose employment, uh, parents feel they should advise their children that uh, they should get into something they have a passion for. Yeah, and Not into employment just to survive yeah yeah that's true so if it's employment something that you have a passion for that uh you that you 
um i don't know that you, that you love yes yeah. so true i like that alvin it's a good note to end it follow your passions people <laughs> yeah, yeah. love peace um, no war <laughs> no war all right then guys so thank you for tuning in see you next time